Thank you for listening to the Renovate Life Church of God's broadcast. Here's today's message from our pastor, James Demmel. You're a combination of influences that God allowed in your life through his matron. People, traditions, experiences, memories, cultural behaviors, genetics. You're a blend of talents that God allowed. Why now watch? God allowed through his rule of what? You're a good church. Desires, hopes, dreams, skills, personalities, traits, temperaments, likes, dislikes. I'm going to just focus in on one word because if I do them all, we'll be here all day. But let's talk about temperaments just for a moment. Okay? Because in this church, there are many temperaments. God help us. And our, and our, our, our temperament, I, I've had to learn as a pastor... Is that different people have different needs. Right? Can, can I tell you something? I really don't have time for this. This needs to be like a six-part series. But do you remember, does anybody remember that when God took the people of Israel and they were without food, they prayed and, and he sent this word called manna. Now, I don't know if you all know that, but... I, I never connected, and I actually, at like 4 o'clock this morning, I snapped out of a dead sleep. How I did it, I have no idea, because I was not dreaming about that. And it hit me, that when I studied that word, now watch, this word manna, he, God gave it to them when they didn't have anything. And the word literally means, what is it? Manna. And what we find and what we know, and I preached you this before, is that it ministered to the people's need. If Dustin had an iron deficiency when he ate the manna, it took care of it. If you were having heart palpitations, Bruce, when you ate the manna, it took care of it. Anything that we're taking care of. See, when God gives you something, he provides your every need, but he don't need a lot of resources to provide your every need because he's God. So he gave them manna. Because what is it was how it ministered to you. But do you know what? It, I, and I had to go look it up. I could not believe it. When you study the word manna, it says this. What is it? And then it has one word after that. Does anybody know? Measure. And I thought, okay, measure can mean lots of things. Because actually measure in the Bible has nine definitions. Did you know that? So I thought it can be anything, but I popped up at 4 o'clock this morning. I was fumbling through the house. I didn't have my iPad because it was at the church. So I had to find all these resources, and I fumbled through, and I clicked on measure, and I scrolled down, and guess what it says? Matron. So manna was the judgment, the rule, and the authority of God that they could see, touch, and taste. Say what? It never crossed my mind before. What is it was the measure of God that had already ruled for them. Are you following me? The Bible says that their clothes grew as they went around the mountain. Listen, come on with me. 
just for a minute. They were not in his will and his way because they wanted to do it their way. However, he sent them manna by his rule of measurement and it still ministered to every need. When you get a hold of Jesus Christ, you know why healings aren't happening in the church? Because we haven't got a hold of the matron of Jesus Christ. Because it'll rule, it'll measure you, it'll direct you, it'll guide you, it'll transform your sphere of influence. Everybody that I'm influencing is influencing me because of the matron matron of God you get that so God brings us all together and what your skills are will touch me because I don't have those skills and my skills will bless you because you don't have those skills and God has put us together to win a community that is lost dying broken and in need of Jesus Christ why because you're in their sphere of influence. The measure. This measure is a great thing. Oh, I don't have time. Do you know when you study this word, you, you, honey, I'm really sorry. Where's she at? Well, when you study this word, you find that the Bible says that they measured out a certain amount of cupids and they walked into the water and the water was ankle deep. And that's the matron. Don't you get it? There's so many elements to this rule of judgment and authority. Well, pastor, judgment doesn't sound right. Yes, it does. Because when you're under the judgment of God and you're on his side of the judgment, he will take care of you every time. Why are we so afraid of judgment? Well, I'll tell you why. Because we used to be in this understanding of sin. We used to live this life of brokenness. We used to live this life of our sin today. And there's nothing I can do to fix it tomorrow. But the moment that you get a hold of the salvation of Jesus Christ, you walk on the other side of the judgment. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Hallelujah. Pastor, I don't like it when you run across the church. I'm free. The sphere, the circle, the matron, the rule of God's measure and judgment. It means that we're linked to one another. Why? Because there's a sphere of his influence. I talk about the circle all the time. We put a circle on our logo and people think, well, that's just a circle. Everything on that logo is because of what God told me. And we get to rest in that. See, not every, most churches just have a, a logo so that they can be identified. But I wrestled with it and fought over it. And I had all these great things in my mind. You know, we were going to be like, we were going to span the globe like Apple. And I had it all drawn out and God said, No. I've told you the story a million times that I chased this guy down with this 15-passenger truck. And he was at McDonald's, and he said, he come out and he said, dude, I'll do whatever you need. But I've watched you follow him. And I said, listen, I know that I sound like a crazy nut. But this right here, and I walked out to the back of his big Econoline van, and I said, you see this tree right here? He said, Yeah. I said, I, I, can you give that to me? He's like, uh, well, I mean, I can contact my manager. I said, I don't need your logo. I don't want your logo. I just want that tree. I saw that tree, and I need that tree. God told me that I need that tree for our logo. <laughs> okay, dude. 
So I hand him a business card, and he looks at the business card, and he looks at me because he's probably thinking, there's no way that these credentials on here match that guy. He stole it. But within an hour, he sent it to me. Because that's the way that God works. Because why? I'm in God's sphere of influence. I don't know about you, but I am. And sometimes you can't see the plan that God has because you're standing in it. You can't see the blessing that God has because you're standing in it. And your influence will grow when you give it to God. You hearing me? Are you applying it to your life? Because you can hear me all day long. Real, real quickly. Point number three. If we overextend ourselves, we do it at a loss. Because everything we do is partially done instead of being done full-heartedly. And God wants all of you. 2 Corinthians 10, 14. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reach not unto you. For we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ. The word stretch here means to overextend. Let me reread this. For we are not overextending ourselves beyond our matron, as though our authority didn't extend to you. For it was to you we reached preaching the gospel of Christ. You lose yourself when you overextend yourself. Don't worry about them. You lose yourself when you overextend yourself. Overextending causes us to lose sight of what is important. Hear me well. You will start to exchange good things God has given you for things you think are better when you overextend yourself. You'll begin to work to get things right instead of get things done the right way. That's a problem. Don't forget who you are. I'm a blood-bought child of the king. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Sometimes I think we need to say, in the middle of the struggle, I'm a blood-bought child. Yes, I am. No, I think you need to tell yourself sometimes. Yes, I am. Yes, well, that's simple. You know, I think sometimes we think we need to have these 75-minute prayers and pray all the big words that the theologists say. You know, there's sometimes in my life where all I can say is, God, help me. God, I need you to help me. I don't have the words to express it. I don't know how to put it into an understanding. I can't even get an educated sentence out of my mouth, but I can say, God, I need you to help me. i got to hurry. I'm going to show you this because my wife's giving me the timer. He said, we don't boast boast of things beyond measure. Now watch what Paul says. We don't boast outside of the matron, the measure of God's rule of authority and judgment. We have learned by adopting this matron that we don't have to worry about the measure of other men's labors. Now I need you to watch this 
Because remember I said matron changes. It has how many definitions? You're paying attention. This word of matron when he says, with other men's measure, changes. Because see, God's measure, matron, judgment, rule, authority, is way different than our understanding of it. Now watch what it changes to when it's talking about the labors of men. The measure of the labor of men. Boy, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm preaching better than y'all are letting on. <laughs> now watch. He says this. It's a vessel that determines the quantity of the receiver. Say what? See, God made you to fall into his line of measurement, the matron. But there are times that we want to labor on our own. And he says, if you were one of those laborers, or you say, hey, I like what they did, I'm going to do what they do. So I'm, we talked about that in point one. You step over here because I want to be part of the group. You know. But what he says is he says that leaves you as a vessel of measurement that is the quantity of receiving. How much can you receive when you're over here? How much can you receive? I mean, really. But he says when you line up with the matron, the measurement, the judgment, the authority of God, he said, I'm going to put you way up here. I'm moving you up. Because you don't have to worry about their labor. You don't have to worry about their clique. You don't have to worry about what they've put you into. Because I, you're with the Almighty God. And when you're with the Almighty God, what is found on you and what is found in you is my judgment, my authority, my wisdom, my understanding, my strength, my matron. My measure. My measure. And then it talks about your faith increasing. You read that, it, it just totally... It, this is for those people like me. He says, listen, not boasting of things without measure, that is of the other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased. He is again talking about God's rule of measure. But he doesn't use matron because he thinks, you know what? There are people that's not going to get this. They're not going to look it up. They're not going to study it. They're not going to know it. So I'm going to take that, that word out. I'm going to take out the word measure. And I'm going to apply this old biblical word that everybody can understand. He said, I am going to increase your faith. Boy, I'm talking on deep levels today. If you're catching it. See, we can all recognize this term faith. And when you grow in the matron, oh, I, I got to take that out. Because there's some of us that don't know. When you grow in your faith, what happens is God begins to mature your faith and it also does what? Increases. So you go through the battle that used to take you down and it doesn't take you down anymore. You know why? Because I stand on the faith of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah to his holy name. And I'm going to be faithful to him until the day of my death. Do you know why? Because I understand what it is to grow and mature in him. See, there's people that come to the house of God and they never get a hold of who God really is. And they don't last. And they don't last because they haven't realized that God will take them far beyond what they could ever be without him. There's nothing that the world can manufacture or produce. 
that is better than God. Jerry, will you come to the piano? As your faith increases, the Bible says he'll be greatly enlarged by what God has done, shown, and given you in your sphere. He says when you realize God's rule of measurement, his matron, is not to punish you. It's not to harm you. But he judges you only through him. Your life will be fulfilled. Your faith will be increased ever the more. My gifts are to be used in my sphere of influence to enlarge your life. That's what my gifts are for. Do you know what your gifts are for? Your gifts, now watch, in your sphere of influence, by God's matron, is the rule of authority and judgment. His measure is meant to enlarge my life. Now, if you're just looking for some guy to preach to you, that's a total different understanding you get. But what God says is by enlarging your life, you enlarge my life. And in the sphere of influence that we have, because of God's matron, we're all better for it. Not only that, but we don't have to. Now, you've got to follow me here. I said something a couple weeks ago, and only a couple of you called it. I said, in the house of God, we should never have to go outside the house of God for wealth, money, or resources. And the Bible, I read the scripture that says, God will provide it through your sphere of influence. That's what the word means. So I'm providing to you and you're providing to me. Well, the pastor, you know, my pastor can do it, but I can't. Those days are over. Because we're all in it together. I'm no different than you. As a matter of fact, I got to have you. And that scripture says, you got to have me. Well, that changes the way I hope. Because that means I'm not alone. See, we live life alone. The closest person to us is not going to do what we do. They're not going to grieve the way we grieve. They're not going to fight issues and problems the way that we fight issues and problems. So although we're with people, we live life alone unless you understand the matron. And then Jesus Christ says, you're never alone. I'm never alone. And I'm a child of the king. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Verse 16. What are you presently doing? Don't miss this. To develop yourself in Christ. I didn't say in the world. I didn't say it's your job. What are you presently doing? Well, pastor, sometimes it gets rough. You're hard on me. Because in my sphere of influence, I know your potential. Pastor, I don't like the way that you make me do this or that. 
its potential. And what I'm seeing and sitting on the church pew is people got a lot of potential. Can I be a scientist for just a moment? I've always wanted to be one. When you study energy from the scientific method, it says that potential energy is energy that is stored but not used. I promise you, I, this has to be the Lord because I don't have these notes and I would never remember that from 7th grade science class. It's potential energy that is stored. Now watch this. Does anybody remember when I was a kid, I had Mr. Albert's science class. He had these little black balls. They're about this big around, about the size of a 50 cent piece. And he called them super balls. I think he was totally lying. Because now that I'm 40 years old, I've looked up Super Bowls. I don't know where he got them. But you would bounce them, and he would let us go out in the hallway. And at our school, there was this long hallway. Long, 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 long hallway. And he would take this Super Bowl. And he would have this thing that looked like a roller coaster. Now, I didn't do this because I was a good kid. But there were kids that would take them and go, whew. And throw them all the way to the other end of the hallway. But it wasn't a regular ball. It was a super ball. And so this four mile long hallway. It would hit the wall. And it would bounce all the way back to us. At them. <laughs> and we would always do it when Mr. Albert wasn't looking. And there was this particular kid. That was supposed to be dropping his ball. Her ball. Whoever's ball. We don't know whose ball. Down the long roller coaster. And Mr. Albert went into a room. And all of a sudden, somehow, that ball goes flying down the hallway as Mr. Albert steps back into the hallway. And Mr. Albert got blasted with potential energy in the side, in the temple. I don't know if you've ever been hit in the face. But I, for me, immediate rage. Like I'm not even a rageful person, but if you hit me in the face, it's on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda comes out. Right? And this particular kid, trying to get out of what just happened, says, you saw me rolling it down the roller coaster. <laughs> you, you saw it. And he put up the Star Trek sign, because he always did. Said, Mr. Dimmel? I mean, this guy. <laughs> you have used your potential energy in a negative way. Because he was a scientist. I was seventh grader. And, I, and that story's always stuck with me. Do you know Why? Because God wants us to follow the line. And see our potential. Now watch this. When you take the ball, at the end of the hallway, setting against the wall, and you drop it, it will roll. When it comes off the roller coaster, which is about 15 feet long, it will roll straight. And until something changes, the energy... 
it will continue to roll straight. And guess what it'll do? It'll roll all the way down that four-mile hallway, hit the wall, and this is what makes it super. The potential energy reverses, and it comes back to you right where you're standing. But it, there's a little peg on the roller coaster. I put the ball on there. The peg's up. If the ball just stays on the roller coaster, what happens? Nothing. Nothing happens. Potential energy. There are a lot of church people that have been, have been using their potential energy for a long time. You want me to show you how? Watch. And if all you do is set, you never use the line of measurement. Because the end of the story is this. Because there are things that in the hallway, there's pieces of dirt. So in one part of the experiment, we put up roadblocks. It will never come back to where it's supposed to come back to. Because roadblocks are going to mess you up. So we would have a measuring tape. First, there was no obstacle. When you become a Christian, there's no obstacle. It's like you're walking on cloud nine. But then all of a sudden, there's roadblocks that get put in the way that mess with your Super Bowl. And when there's nothing on there, it will, the ball would roll back, but it would roll back at different distances. And we would measure. We would measure. When there was a roadblock in the way, we would measure. Because God wants to measure you to His standard. Not your potential. And when God measures you to his matron, his rule of judgment, authority, strength, power, and wisdom, you're like the little boy on the roller coaster. God advances you. He throws you along. And it transforms the way that you see what you do, and here's the thing, how you react, the measure. Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you, we would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com and click contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, the broken, the weak, weary, and stray.